Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Longkang Kitties. Right here, we have got me, Dan Wong, a good citizen. We have got Angie. We have got John. And we have got our special guest, Danny, again from the Economical Rice Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us uh, again, Danny. Yeah, it's a pre- pleasure to be here. You, you didn't get turned off by our previous encounter? No, I got turned on, actually. Ah, after John tried to stab you in the back with a knife? <laughs> yeah. You mean after I tried to gently caress him? <laughs> with a knife? With, in all the appropriate places. <laughs> with a knife tip. Okay, so before we begin, ladies and gentlemen, one of the, um, the biggest no-nos in the Longkang Kitties podcast, uh, something that we have frowned upon each other from time immemorial since we started uh, last year, is... There are people uh, who attend a podcast uh, and like fucking don't read the podcast notes, you know, and they have no idea what the podcast topic is about. Can you guess who committed that sin this time round? Gee, I wonder who. <laughs> I wonder who. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, uh, Angie, since I heard a little bird told me that you wrote most of the podcast uh. notes, some <laughs> of the podcast notes, can you tell me what the topic is about so that I can insult the topic? So today we're talking about uh, this thing called the UBI, Universal Basic Income. Do you want to start insulting now or should I go on a little bit more about oh, yeah, this? Please, please go on a little bit more. <laughs> so, okay, anyways, um, we decided to talk about the universal basic income because uh, there was a news in, uh, there, were, there was a news recently that uh, Finland has stopped their UBI uh, experiment. Actually, they haven't stopped. Just to qualify, they, they failed to receive the funding for it. The, the program is still going to continue in its original timeline of two years, but... Um, I mean, they've stopped the experiment, like, and no, right no, now... It's, is it's it still not? ongoing, it's still ongoing. It's only been one year. Oh. It's still ongoing. They're going mm-hmm. to continue another year, but they couldn't expand the program. The funding yeah, time. Correct. So yeah. basically, why we, I wanted to, we wanted to do this was because um, John was very, very gloating about the fact when the, the news first broke that Finland was going to stop UBI. And he's like, oh, look, look at this. This this is rubbish. Ha ha ha. I told you so. And then so we decided, hey, why don't we do an episode? And on then after that, when I read the income. news, right? And then I, when he read the news, he was like, oh, man, oh, I'm man, wrong. I'm all disappointing. wrong. <laughs> Yes. And then, anyway, the, there's, there's a very good reason why I want to bring uh, Danny on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than he hosts the Economical Rise podcast, <laughs> and he has actually done an episode on this specific yep. topic before, I want to ask him one very specific question. Yep. Danny, are you ready for this question? Yep. In all the... Would you agree that in all of the history of the capitalist ideology, right? Yep. That is going to lead up to communism? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, John, that sounds like a lot of bullshit to me, man. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Before we begin, before, 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 before we even, like, gently touch the tip of this remedial topic, all right? Danny, yeah. uh, in your previous podcast, can you summarize in a few sentences what you told your audiences about universal basic income? Yeah, so universal basic income is basically a sort of a, a radical economic idea. What it is is that basically every citizen... Uh, in a particular country will receive a sort of in, a, a sort of a basic amount per month and they will receive this unconditionally right so in Finland the experiment they gave about 2000 participants around like 560 euros and then so the point about the point about this uh, a point about giving away you know all this free money unconditionally is so that people can sort of uh, transition between lives or sort of uh, give them some cushion to their 
to their lives now. You know, you know, you know, people. Some some people find it very very tough. You know, they're working minimum wage labor. They they're, they're working all these difficult jobs, and then they find it very difficult to transition, or they have a very stressful life. So theoretically, this UBI is supposed to help them uh, ease the transition. And there's also a big part about also a big uh, reason why this has been coming up uh, lately is because of the fears of AI and how it's going to be and how automation is going to replace a lot of jobs. So they so so there's been there's been a lot of support from like Mark Zuckerberg, from Elon Musk, from the Silicon Valley people saying that you know this UBI could be a way to help cushion the blow as people transition from one job to another. Does it does know. it smack of communism to you, Danny? It's it's uh, you know you know. Truth, truth be told, it's a lot more complicated than that. Mm. Yeah, but we'll get to it. You'll get to it as we, we progress further on. Yeah. So just just a side note, like um, in Finland, right? Uh, it's not really UBI because the point of UBI or universal basic income is that it's truly universal. Everybody gets um, the money regardless of how much you earn, yep. how much, uh, you know, whatever income um, bracket you're in or yep. what social status you're in, whether you're working or not, yep. everyone gets the same basic amount. But um, in Finland, it's only like uh, the people who are unemployed, right? If I'm not wrong. Yeah. And there are, and, and for UBI to work, ideally, there are no kind of qualifications uh, or any terms and conditions tagged on to the money that you get, right? Yeah. Whereas in Finland, they were kind of required to go to some kind of classes or you yeah. know, uh, retraining yeah. to get themselves re- re-employed. I, ca- I guess we can't really call it UBI in, in, the, in the, the most true sense of the word. Like, yeah, what, yeah. Whatever experiment they were conducting in Finland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically right. So as I mentioned earlier, UBI is supposed to be universal. Everyone in, the, in a country is supposed to be able to receive this amount unconditionally. But in Finland, this is not the case. Only 2,000 people get it. Only uh, a bunch of, uh, only unemployed people get it. But of course, the, the, some of the, some of the parts still stay true is that they can spend it on whatever they want. They can spend it on drugs. They can spend it on cigarettes. They can spend it on food, whatever, right? Uh, that, that's, that's the, that stays true. But then the, this, it's not really as unconditional as, uh, purists, UBI purists would like it to be. Yeah. But here's the funny thing, right? I don't think anybody can actually pin down on precisely what UBI is supposed to be. Some will say that it's actually a neat solution to alleviate poverty, right? Some yeah. some will define it that way. Yeah. Then there will be others, right, who say that no, that's not enough. We need to ensure a certain quality of life. Yeah. Right. So it, as though it's either entry to a middle class or a lower middle class bracket, rather than just a salary floor for people to uh, subsist on. So what I mean, what is your take on that? Like, yeah. It, it, the, the, the impetus behind UBI is actually very sort of simple. There's, I think there's a, an article written on the World Economic Forum by Scott Sentence, right? So basically his, his idea for supporting UBI is that, okay, there are millions of people living in poverty. We have a poverty threshold. We have, we, we, we spend, you know, uh, welfare states such as the US, such as Europe, you know, many countries in Europe, they spend billions and billions of dollars each year to alleviate, with the goal of alleviating poverty, helping people, those in poverty. But then the, nothing happens to the poverty rate. It's still, it's still millions and millions of people are still poor every day. So the radical, the simple radical solution is then just this. What if instead of giving all these welfare programs, we just give them amount above the poverty line? So theoretically, that would eradicate poverty. Lah. But of course, it, this is just uh, one very, very simple way of looking at it. It doesn't, of course, uh, look at what are the consequences that can happen afterwards? The other yeah. thing is, um, things like that have all also been happening, not just in developed countries, right? So, 
in uh in terms of charity there have been kind of like a few pop-up like char- not pop-ups like a, ch- a few charities where you directly give money to the beneficiaries instead of going through education or things like that so you give the money directly to whoever you want to help and they are free to spend it on whatever they feel like they need the most at, at the point in time when they receive the money and there's no there's no need to pay back or there's yeah. no interest and I think Kenya is one of those examples that's given, right? I think Kenya has a rudimentary UBI system. I think it's only twenty three dollars, twenty three USD, but in rural Kenya as well, so it's also not strictly UBI. There, there is some. I think there's just different levels to the whole thing. I think the the driving force behind this is that they feel that people can decide what they need to spend their money on and how to enrich their lives. Yeah. You know, instead of having a top down approach on. People telling you, hey, you need to go to like educate yourself yeah. and spend that money on education or hey, you need to, you know, do this. Maybe what they need is, you know, find a place to rent first. And first when you have a place to stay, then you can start planning your life, you know, like step by step. So I think that's kind of the driving force behind UBI, right? Yeah, and, and that's 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 a, a a really, really good point that you, you hit upon. Because it's uh this is one of the where the, the nuance really kicks in. It's because you know, John John mentioned earlier, right? It sounds like a very sort of communistic idea, socialistic idea, just this massive wealth redistribution, right? Uh, where you're giving income, where you're giving money to everyone else. But this is, but but where I can say that um, maybe on principle, I am against the idea. Uh, practically speaking, there there are some reasons why I can be supportive of it, as even coming from a libertarian standpoint. And one of them is is that you actually get to decide what you want to do with the money. In this case, it's putting the responsibility on you if you want to spend it on yourself and improve your life or you want to spend it on self-destructive ways, right? But in, 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 in any case, it's like the, the, the government has already done their part. They've already given you the means. Now it's up to you to, go to decide what you want to do with it. Of course, this can go badly. This can go well. But, you know, now, now you're shifting responsibility back to the individual. And that's uh, sort of why I, I can get behind it. Question bit. to Denny. Then, I mean, Dan. no, then, then, then Wong, the good citizen. Yes, yes, yes. As someone who's yes, hearing yes, this yes. for the first time. I've heard of it. I've barely, barely read the tip of the iceberg regarding universal basic income. So, so what are your thoughts so far? I think it is very naive to give money to people with no conditions. That's interesting. <laughs> I think I've been, I think I've been too indoctrinated already. Guys, I'm just too Singaporean already. I cannot stand the thought of giving money to people without any conditions. So if you were to ask me, is, is can I get behind the idea of a universal basic income? Yes, of course. Of course. Uh, but you know, a, a lot of conditions will apply. Uh, for instance, you know, we're talking about, yeah, there's just a universal basic income for people who are, no, let's say, in a different, okay, then it's just welfare. <laughs> then I cannot, I cannot get behind that. Uh, if you define it that narrowly, then of course, then I cannot, I cannot, I cannot stand what, 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 what kind of term, yeah, yeah, what type, what kind of terms and conditions? Okay. okay so in order for, for me to, to make this work out, right, we must create an entirely fictional, uh, universe for it to work. Okay, imagine guys, just imagine right now. Right? Uh, this is a great idea, just bear with me. It's an idea that a friend of mine discussed with me, okay? So imagine, okay, in Singaporean society right now, right, everybody gets a universal basic income. Okay, okay no, no, um, the universal, mm, okay, how about this, okay? The universal basic income is not money, but status. What? Yes. So imagine, right, imagine, right, that there is this new class of citizen. Call it whatever you want. Maybe you call it a, a paragon or something. So let's say it's, it's very coveted. In this society, this Singaporean, fictional Singaporean society, this status is very, 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 very coveted. Okay. In the moment you are a paragon, you, the state will cover everything for you. 
your children's education, your family, your housing, everything is sweet, sweet but you must reach that level. <coughs> and you can reach that level by doing something like great, uh, you know what I mean? That kind of universal. And then everybody else gets the, the lower, un- the, the, the normal universal basic income. So these two classes of people, you either are a paragon or you're not. Stalin will be proud. <laughs> <laughs> but even Stalin didn't, I mean, even in, in, in uh, the traditional uh, uh, communist model, this, this is not, this is not, this are is you not, sure? isn't it? This is basically like, you know, um, four legs good, well, two legs better, is it? Or something two, like that, something yeah. Like that, yeah. yeah. Or we are all equals, but some people are more equal than others. <laughs> I think the, the condition that you tacked on is like is even more subjective than the current <laughs> welfare state. Uh. No, I, can, I cannot imagine I cannot imagine it happening, man. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, I can't believe I'm going to play devil, uh, devil's oh. advocate against my own position, right? <laughs> but but pick, pick, picture this, okay, then. Okay, okay. Right? So, you know, you know, you being an artist, you know how, how difficult it is to survive in Singapore, right? Yes. When you were first starting out, you know, people didn't really see the value in your work. You know, it's difficult to find jobs, whatever. You, you, you wanted, you had a passion for art. You wanted to do art, but it was difficult to make it uh, financially stable, right? This ho- still holds true now. This <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the big reasons why UBI has become so popular is because they see it as a way to sort of alleviate the, the financial p- the pressures such that you're able to push. So you're, you're able to pursue this sort of uh, interest of yours. So in that scenario, mm-hmm. would you be more supportive of the idea? Then, then, then again, it's not universal. It's just for me. Just for artists, it's still not universal. No, no. Yeah. That means everybody gets yeah, it. Yeah, everybody gets it. But then you, you are free to pursue the career that you... Like, imagine if you are... So go back, like, 5-10 years ago when you first started. Imagine you had a, a staple income, regardless of what you do, $1,000 in your bank account, right? Would you still be... Would your life be easier? Would you have, would you have like become the illustrator that you are now? You know, minus all the pain and suffering from back then. Oh, of course. If I get, if I get a certain amount of money, no matter what I do, of course, I'll be quite pleased with myself and I'll be quite happy. But if I'm taking a step back, zooming out and looking at society as a whole, I'm afraid I just don't trust people enough to make the right decisions. <laughs> Aren't you the guy who's always like, don't you trust your government? <laughs> don't, isn't this always a matter of trust, John? Uh, we need to do more for the people. Dan doesn't trust people. Dan trusts governments. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not true either. That's not true either. I think the older I get, the more of a bitter recluse I have become. John, John you train your co-host well. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked him. <laughs> hey, don't blame me, man. <laughs> I think Dan has always just been conflicted all along. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is true. That is true. Um, but okay, so going back to that idea of like the UBI, right? Where let's say the poorest of the poor, they get a thousand each month. They would be able to spend it on things that like, you know, food, for example, the the most basic of things. Some people don't get to eat, right? Their children don't get to eat. And if they have a thousand dollars each month going to their bank account, they could feed their children, you know, and they could pay rent. And possibly pay off some of the debts that they have. Moving a little step up to the people in the middle class, maybe with the one extra one thousand a month, you would be able to do things that you've always wanted to do but never really had the opportunity to. You know, you could take a few months off work and work on your own personal project. Yeah, exactly. You could, you know, travel the world, you could take a break, you could pursue your pet project, you could start a business. There's a lot of things that uh you know Singaporeans in today's society, they, they want to do, but then there's just too much risk, they're too uncertain, or they're maybe, they're, their, own, their own current position is too comfortable, such that the opportunity cost of them leaving their current position is just too high. 
Would you, you know. would you consider for the purposes of this podcast, whenever we are talking about universal basic income, we only talk about people in the, 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 the working class and the lower middle class or maybe even the middle class. Let's exclude the rich from this, shall we? Because then the idea really becomes pointless. Why do you, are you giving the extra thousand dollars to somebody who earns like fucking 12k a month? Like, isn't that a waste of resources? They are the ones who would be funding this yeah. most yeah. of all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are paying for it. Exactly. They are paying for it. Yeah. So, so, so actually the math, the math will work out because they are so called, <coughs> let's say for example, I'm a person who pays three thousand dollars in tax every year. Then I get one thousand. Oh no, so let's say three, let's say ten thousand dollars in tax a year, mm-hmm. then I get, let's say five hundred dollars a month or whatever, right? So that means I put, I, I put, uh, I put in more than I take out. So there's a net benefit towards having this kind of rich people getting the money, but because it has to be universal, you, you cannot just simply exclude people. This is really like a, a real redistribution of wealth, like as compared to some of the welfare, um, programs and stuff. Because essentially, for the most part, I would say like most of the rich people, they don't get taxed very heavily and they know loopholes and ways to get around being taxed. Even, let's just not say about personal wealth. Let's just talk about corporations. So many of them have been evading taxes, you know, um, and recently in the US, they've been coming down pretty heavily on the corporations that have been parking their paperwork or whatever you call it, accounting things, stuff overseas and, you know, not paying their taxes. Like, even if you give a thousand dollars to Donald Trump every month, does it matter? It doesn't matter. Because everyone else gets a lot more. How many rich people are there in the world versus the middle income and the, the lower income and the fucking poor? And because people yeah. can move in between brackets. So, the last thing you want, right? Because, okay, why welfare is so taxing and so problematic is because of bureaucracy. So, it's not just Oh, I pay this fella $1,000 a month. Then per, this fella cost me $12,000 a year. It's not just that. This fella will cost something along the lines of $20,000 a year. Because some fella need to sit there and go and jaga the pay. Right? Somebody needs to go and figure out whether this fella deserves the money or not. Through means, like through uh, bureaucratic means, uh, through forms, whatever. Somebody go and look through it, triplicate, get it signed, job stamp, whatever. Right? All these things takes time, takes money. So, if you were to have a universal basic income, right, what you're essentially doing is to cut out all these middlemen and just say, okay, everybody gets a thousand dollars, no matter what. Then you don't need another fellow to go and look after this particular aspect of it. So, when someone jumps up and down between brackets, right, which can happen, then doesn't matter. I don't have to go and bother. You see, I can save the paperwork and the time. Not to mention, you don't have to vet people, like you know, just to make sure that hey, are you really poor enough to receive welfare? And if you earn a hundred dollars above. Uh, what what we say is, you know, poor, you don't get to receive anything. And like what, like, what struggling. NG, like what NG said, right? Like the most intelligent of us will be able to find ways and means around any game, any system that you, you implement, right? So it's this, that's why there's something called tax planning. So then you, you divide your income, right? You divide your revenue into personal income and business tax so that you maximize the amount of tax that you pay. You, you control how much tax you want to pay. Same thing with UBI. If you institute a certain ceiling, then you just, okay, I'll just meet the ceiling. I'll just put $1 below the ceiling. All the other money, I can just put it somewhere else. I'll just claim it as expenses or whatever. So then it it never ends. Okay, I want to jump a little bit into the consequence of of UBI now. Alright, so Danny. Yeah. If let's say uh, everybody received $1,000. Yeah. Do you think logically speaking, uh, the new poverty line will just be will just rise up to that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you hit the nail right on the head there. 
like can, like can you imagine right if you gave everyone a thousand dollars now everyone has the ability to purchase more Taifun don't you think that the Taifun seller would just increase his prices that now that the demand has been checked out so much and I mean I mean this this will go for almost every basic necessity right you're talking about housing you're talking about utilities you're talking about stuff like that so in a way it's just that if, if you have more money in the system now but you're not producing the same you're producing the same amount it's just going to have result in inflation now, basically that's uh I think I think the biggest uh the, the first uh, consequence of this. Can I can I just uh I mean I'm sure all of us like think it's a it's a lovely idea. It's just very untenable now because the big question in everybody's head is where's this extra money gonna come from, right? So what what if what if I put forth another fictional scenario where all of a sudden meteors fall from the sky, Thanos or a magician makes all the ultra rich, the one percent right, the one percentile in, in this world it makes yeah. them pay for it and they're all willing to pay for it. They're all happy to pay for it. It, it won't be enough. It won't be anywhere but You, you don't think that the... I mean, have you seen the... the okay, yeah. I don't have any numbers to back this up but I've read a lot of articles about the, the tremendous disparity in wealth in terms of the poorest and the, the richest people in the world. I mean, the it's, it's very easy to go and calculate this. You just take all the money in the world you divide by the number of people and everybody gets something like, what, $3,000? If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> like, that's what some economists has, has done already. I mean, give it that just the tremendous amount of people in this world, right? Okay, let's just talk about Singapore. How about that? We keep it within Singapore for discussion's sake. Oh, we'll be in a very good place because we've been trying to attract like rich people into here for forever. Right? <laughs> yeah, maybe you can. Maybe the amount will be up a little bit higher. Let's let's be generous and say it's double. Let's say it's six thousand dollars. it still won't meet the basic. I mean, let's you take the total sum of every dollar, every cent, and you divide it by the number of people in Singapore. It won't even reach the thousand dollar per month threshold if you were to take every dollar that means you empty everybody's bank account correct or not then it's, it still won't be enough the money still has to come from somewhere else you see they're, they're, of course what they are saying is that let's cut certain spending certain type of spending right so in the US the route is quite clear cut just cut the welfare state once they cut the welfare state and maybe they shrink their military budget they, they claim that they could meet their target in something like 5 years or something like that and everybody in the states will get a universal basic income, and that will sort of work because they, they is, the United States is a is a resource rich uh, place. But in Singapore, right, I don't see how that's gonna work, right? It's for us we are rich because other people park their money here, then we are rich. We 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 so called charge them. We have the service charge of managing their money. Yeah. But we don't actually have anything to back up our wealth. And the thing is, like um. As as we move on to that sort of services industry, right? There's actually not a lot of manufacturing. That that for me is kind of a thing that I've not thought through in my brain. I guess like how how do you um move from the services industry to a place where services can actually pay for something like that? Because more and more, I think in the developed countries, we are moving away from all the manufacturing. You know, it's all done in the places where it's cheaper. And you know, if you were to, to talk about purely um, sustaining UBI on whatever you can generate within your economy in your own country, then how does it work? Yeah, and, and to tack on to that, right, I think just now John brought up the very good point about the US uh, in, in thinking about the cost of this, is that why is it's gaining steam in the US? It's because uh, it's, it's, uh, it's being seen as an alternative to the current welfare uh, welfare bureaucracy. Over there, they spend, I don't know, in the sum of $400 billion or something each year uh, on welfare programs to help the poor, but it seems like nothing is happening to them. And it just, 
and 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 there are there are a lot of there are a lot of reasons for that. So they 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 were thinking that if they abolish the entire welfare state and replace it with using this four hundred billion to just just give everyone a certain sum of money, that uh, they will do more good. Yeah. But of course, in Singapore, that's a different story because uh, we don't have a bureau- we don't have this welfare bureaucracy. In fact, we barely have any uh, welfare at all. Sort of the the and 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 I'm and I'm very supportive of this as a sort of more sort of conservative conservative libertarian kind of uh, position. In that um, our our form of welfare, right, are those where you actually have the individual has to actually go out and earn it in the form of like maybe you know your your skills training credits or stuff like that. They'll give you five hundred dollars, but you have to actually go out and sign up and take a class. You know, it's actually it's actually programs where they it designs they are designed to help you to take action and improve yourself rather than just giving you money just because uh you're in a in a, in a poor state. To that, uh, I would say like I can see where a lot of waste is happening in you know the skills credit class because there are so many classes that I want to take right, but they're not kind of registered under skills credit, and I can't use that to like offset even if I want to top up the extra on my own. Whereas you've got shit like ikebana and like you know cooking classes, uh, that can be claimed under skills filter, and and I fail to see how like you know something like I mean maybe to the one percent or two percent of people who can actually become an ikebana master and make some good money off it maybe. But like you know, again, see there. That's why. So that's so the that's waste. where the government regulation comes in, right? Because what SkillsFuture does is the government uh, institute a number of gatekeepers, and after the gatekeepers decide what is what is a useful skill and what is not a useful skill, right? But in UBI, not supposed to happen. However, right, I would like to tack on one condition to UBI, which is that you cannot save it. A bit like skills future, so you merge the you merge the skills future with UBI, but without the government interference. So that way, right? Circulation. Circulation. Okay. Because when when you when money decays, then you spend, and that's how you st- stimulate the economy, right? I mean, if the money you earn, you want to save it, that's your own that's your own thing. But if money is given to you and you save that, right? I think that's a bit unethical, and especially if you start using the money for other purposes like. For example, investment because you can because you can strictly speaking you can gamble with it no problem right but if you were good and you were actually able to generate revenue from the money that is given to you for free uh, I find that one a bit strange uh. it's a bit like charity who invest money to so called increase their portfolio so they can additionally help the poor but when when has that ever happened do you, do you understand what I'm saying. Yes and no, but like the charity is an organization, whereas like UBI is for an individual, and I feel that like whatever you do as a, I don't think there's a the 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 question of morals or ethic comes into play here because under UBI you have no conditions or TNC that basically, and so there's no limits on how you can use the money. So even if you want to save it for something bigger, let's say you want to buy a house. Right, you save it slowly, 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 and of course you are earning money at the same time. UBI just helps you to get there faster to maybe afford a deposit on your house, uh, or even if you want to go fucking gamble in a casino, right? That's your that's your last hour. Like nobody gives a shit, right? At most, you just get yourself into debt, and then you borrow some money from the loan shark, and then they like you know hang a bloody pig's head in your in front of your door. But that's your problem, right? See, so I don't I don't know why you want to kind of. Bring I'm not, that whole, I'm not whole, trying to. Like, I'm not trying to curb uh people's spending behavior. Not strictly speaking, but I want to institute a a limit to how UBI money can be spent or should be spent. 
I think that's like entirely against the whole yeah. idea of UBI. <laughs> no, you can spend it however you want, but there's a, that means the money will just you must be, you, yeah, must, you spend must spend it. it. So a bit like SkillsFuture. I mean, which is essentially what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take that money and you're supposed to do something with it. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to make yourself better or whatever. Right now. We don't, we don't instill a limit on how you spend it, but when you spend it. Yeah, it's, it still sounds to me that you're trying to create conditions for this thing where, where why, why, why must we narrowly like put conditions on it shouldn't we put conditions on it I mean why why narrowly stick this definition of uh, here's a thousand dollars no questions asked no conditions like I mean why 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 do we define it because it's, it's more often that it's probably not going to work if we put so much uh, limitations on it why not we, we open up you know the definition of it why not we open up how to use it when to use it like John says and 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 then you know, then you might actually hit onto something that's more plausible. Because um, I would say that at the very purest form, I would say, of UBI is, is entrusting the money to individuals who can make decisions for themselves about how and where and why they want to spend the money and at what time is best for them to spend the money. So when you take at least some part of agency away from them, that could affect the outcome of whatever you're trying to affect, basically. I honestly tell you, I hear the words like purist, fundamentalist, all this extremist, all that. It, <laughs> like, I read Tulan, I don't know why. I'm sorry, Andy, this is the first time I have to. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. But uh, the, the way I'm looking at it, right, okay. So, there's been some research that suggests that even though you're poor and you're on welfare, right, mm. the people who actually take the welfare money don't spend it on drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, and all that. Apparently, that's a myth, lah, okay. I'll just take that as, at face value, and I'll grant that it's true. However, you still have this big problem. People are still poor. So, therefore, there's, there's, some, there's something missing there, right? I mean, if you were to substitute UBI with welfare, then you have the same problem. People, people can spend it however they want in ways that are even more free than from, from, as opposed to welfare, but then people will still remain poor, right? So, and I think the problem with both systems right, is that the incentives are wrong. The, the way that they plan out the incentives for both welfare and UBI, right? Doesn't doesn't light a fire under your ass, you see. So if you were to institute as to when the money has to be spent, then you know they they will they will spend that money in a way that they can like they, they won't just save it up and say, oh yeah, you know, I'll just save it up for a house or whatever. Then the the income that I get from manual labor then I use that to buy secrets and all. Because when you have free money, right, then you, you sort of you sort of change your attitude about how you want to spend certain certain sum of money. But if you were to buy a fire under a person's ass, number one, this money goes back in the economy, can be circulated again. So that means this one thousand dollars, right, goes to someone else. Or goes and back, it will to come back to yourself. Yeah, correct. So that that's what I'm talking about. I want the incentives to be in the right place. Otherwise, right, we're just going back to square one. It'll be, it'll be the same as welfare all over again. I, I'm not sure, actually. Like, I feel like um, people will spend it on whatever they need to spend it on regardless. There is no point to... Like, especially when you... Okay, so the difference for me between UBI and um, welfare, right, uh, I would say in terms of outcome, is that welfare, you might not reach everybody that needs the help. Correct? Because there will be people who fall through the cracks or who narrowly miss the bending or whatever the fuck it is that the government's institute, right? Uh, so, um, the amount of money given might also not be enough. So, like, if we go according to what UBI is, you know, they give you the minimum to to survive uh, in a fairly comfortable 
position lah. Even if you got absolutely nothing, right? So you can reach everybody, and therefore when no one is at that stage where they are struggling for even food or you know drink, then I don't really care if they are poor anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because at least at the very least they can get the very necessities and the basic stuff covered. And if they want to do more with it and you know try to pull themselves out of poverty, they can do so. They can um you know look for jobs. They can clean themselves up. Go for interview. Yada yada yada. And and there's like a knock on effect. Yeah yeah. And this is why this issue is so nuanced, right? It's not very clear cut. There's so many different opinions on so many from so many different angles, you know. And and I I can kind of see where John is coming from. He's he's worried about waste. Uh, in such a system, if people just uh just keep it to themselves or just save and don't spend, right? I think, but but however, we must must consider that if they were to spend it, if they had to spend it, right? If you were sort of given a, a stick to sort of uh, push you to spend, would you? Would people? Would everyone really be spending it in the right way? In the, in the ways that will benefit them? I think most of the time you just end up consuming rather than than sort of uh, improving yourself, right? Like like if you were to qualify. Uh, so you see, most people would just rather, you know, spend it on one big dinner or buy some nice uh, stuff for them, given the amount. You know, but, but there are good things to, there are good things to having saving as well. It's not always going to be a big waste. People, people will always save because they want to delay their gratification. Uh, maybe, you know, start a new business, invest in property, whatever. Lah. So it's not always all bad. The other thing about um, saving is that, right? Like, uh, especially for people who have no savings, is the fact that you never know when something would happen to you, for example, when you are you are you are sick, right? That takes a huge chunk of money. If you are like chronically sick, you get cancer. You know, it just wipes out your savings. You have nothing to to, UBI to fall back on. UBI isn't designed to tackle that. It is that. not. It's not. It's not. But for people who have zero savings, they can start to save. You know, for something that happens to them. You know, I I, I mean, especially in Singapore. Medi- me- medical expenses are not cheap, right? So if you have no insurance coverage whatsoever, you're fucked, like, basically. If you get the kind of chronic illnesses like cancer or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't see what's so bad about having something to fall back on. And even if you were to save up for a big purchase, like buying a house, eventually the money will go somewhere. You know, you'll have to pay for the house. Then you'll have to pay for furniture, right? Then you have to pay for this and that services. So, I mean, essentially... The money is not going to like stay in the in the account forever. It will come out at some point. I mean, in time. There, there's no reason to to think that we cannot just simply re- institute a reverse housing plan where we put the money in first. Then once we pay up a certain amount, then we get the house. The, all these are minor things that the free market can go and handle. My point is that when you start saving, right? Then actually savings in I mean, as the economist here, I'm sure you agree that in terms of like pure economy wise, pure macroeconomy, savings is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And what, did, what did you say? No. Saving is a choice. No, saving is, sa- saving is a very private, um, it's a very selfish, selfish thing to do. Sure, but so is yeah. consumption. No, consumption, you stimulate the economy, but savings, right, you do, you do nothing for the economy. Well, you, well, you, the well, economy. you are, you see. When you, when you save, right, you put the money in the bank. The bank's going to lend out that money. It's not really just sitting there doing nothing. The bank doesn't lend out the money. La. I mean, you know this, right? The bank will take a, will, will lend you a credit, right? It's not, it's not like as if the bank 
physically lug out all your cash and then just like hand it, hand it to someone. Yeah, but they use yeah. that to go and go and uh, you know make loans in the economy. They can't. Stuff they can't give loans if they have zero in the bank. <laughs> Actually, they can technically, but okay. But then it's gonna fuck up everything <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah. Now, I mean, we are already fucked already. We are in the fiat system. It is fucked already. But my point is that when you. I don't know lah. When you save money that you have earned, right? Okay, then I go wait. Yes, that is a choice. But when you save money that is not your own, then I just have. I just don't think that's right, lah. I just don't think that you should be able to do that. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from, but I I totally disagree. Yeah, we've we've ended on this one. Sorry, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless unless Dan joins you. Okay, so just a quick one. Okay, you can cut this out if uh, if it's not relevant. Okay, if let's say right. Each of you has the power to implement this universal basic income. At least you have some, you have some say, some influence. And somebody comes up to you, a reporter or one, asks you, right, what is the goal? Okay, what is the ultimate goal of UBI? What is the one sentence or two sentence answer you will give them? Uh, solution to AI. I think that, that, that would be my, that would be my answer. I, I really don't, like the, I don't think it will solve the poverty problem. Uh, I think it will make it worse. But the AI issue, right? That is a real. That's a real thing. If we don't do something about it in the next twenty you years, you mean AI or automation? Um, I think both. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I think automation is the more precise word. But I think both of them represents a serious threat to, at something like what ninety percent of the workers on planet Earth, mm-hmm. yeah. especially when you talk about. I think transportation alone, like logistics and transportation, accounts for something. I don't know, sixty seventy percent. Yeah. And then even the even the arts, right? They are not immune the influence of AI and automation. That's more than two sentences, by the way. <laughs> no, my sentence is to to solve the AI problem. Like not not the I don't care about the poverty problem. This is amazing because you know what? In the back of my head, I was expecting people to say, "Oh, the answer is because we want to raise the quality of life for everybody in society." But it's not going to do that. I, yeah, I, it's not. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, then come, the, for the other two of you, please enlighten me. What is the purpose of UBI? Like, let's be very focused here. The purpose of UBI basically is to stop uh, a revolution. Please, okay, I think you deserve more than two sentences too. Please explain yourself. <laughs> well, if you look at it this way, right? Um, when automation comes in and AI comes in, like in a, I would say like in the very near future, what will happen is that the people who have a lot will have a lot more. Right, uh, it, it will, it will, they, it will. The the rate at which they accumulate wealth will be at a snowballing rate, because automation will speed up the process of, um, you know, manufacturing. And, Not just speed up, reduce waste as well. And reduce waste. A lot of waste will be reduced because you pay for the machine once, and then that's it, right? Whereas with humans, you need to keep paying them and paying them and paying them and have all like benefits and stuff. So basically, you reduce your um, spending, you increase your output. Therefore, the people at the top, right, they will like, get fucking richer and richer and richer to the point where income disparity will be such that um, I don't know if I can say to a level that we don't, we can't even imagine right now because right now it's already pretty fucking mind blowing. But uh, it will get worse. So when that happens, if you think about how the French Revolution happened, right, and the peasants rise up against the monarchy, uh, that would happen. So UBI is basically, I think, a way for them to placate the masses and be like, hey, here's like a thousand for you every month. Don't kill us. Don't like come raid our palaces, okay? Like, you don't just eat your, your, eat your fucking bread and be... Here's a paradox for you. Isn't UBI the revolution? Not particularly. I wouldn't say so. 
I, I don't think UBI is a revolution. Yeah, of course it is. It's something that is radically different from anything that's ever been. That is only because we've reached the point at which we can um, produce at a capacity that that is so amazingly like massive. I guess. Mm. I mean, at which point in history have we been able to do this? Yeah, but still, is a okay. Anyway. Danny, yeah. yeah. Okay. Go. So, so, so. Two be- sentence, <laughs> then qualify. Okay. Do you, do you call the internet as a revolution? Oh, I guess it would be lah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, my two sentences would basically be this. Okay. Uh, UBI is here so that poor people can stop complaining about how how tough their lives are. Okay. Very, very, very simple. <laughs> You're never gonna be an MP, by the way. Okay, yeah, I, I don't care. I don't care. I, I don't care about politics. Yeah, but, 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 yeah. okay. B- before that, you, you guys raised the point about all the automation feels about that. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want to expand on this because this is very interesting. Okay, yeah. um, I get, I get where the fears are coming from. I get mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, anxiety about job replacement, automation, and stuff like that. However, I'm here to present the other side. Okay. Number one, uh, not all jobs are going to be replaced. There are still some jobs that require mm. human input, right? So the, the, it, is a, it is a bit exaggerated. Number two, new technology and innovation always brings about new jobs. Okay, but however, you can still say that that leaves those who are, you know, uh, established in their own jobs, they won't be able to train and stuff like that. That, okay, I can maybe see a reason for that, why you can be concerned about them. However, new industries, new economies, new new times always brings about new jobs, right? Like 10 years ago, we didn't have uh, fucking influencers on Instagram. We didn't have YouTubers. But now we have people playing games for a living. They can actually live off and they get rich off this kind of thing. These are these are kind of a new jobs and stuff like that. They didn't come up, but, but will come up. But will keep coming up because new things keep coming about. But the rate that all these new jobs pop up, right, is not at the same rate that the unemployment will happen. If you were mm. to... Com- okay, if this was the... Third or fourth industrial revolution, that that meaning going into the age of AI and automation, right? Mm. And you were to contrast it with the previous revolutions, industrial revolutions, when, for example, the automobile came out. How many horses are there? How many horses do you see on the road these days? Yeah, right? barely any. Yeah, I mean, what what they are, what they have re- been relegated to, right? Are purely you know recreational, uh, showcasing. And you know, just for like a sports for rich people, basically. Yeah. Right. It, it becomes that level, right? and I think the what when when the new when this new revolution hits us, right? A lot of the old jobs would be similar. We will just be driving goods to and from for fun. Like we'll just be like, yeah, let's just let's just drive this this bed to the, to our new house just for kicks, just because we got nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I yeah I I really feel that we've reached this point where in most of the mature economies like I would say like you know there's been a reduction of babies, so the only thing to worry about or, or not worry about but to think about is just the people from the the still developing economies where they are they are you know popping people out at at crazy rates, but even that is tapering off you know. I think yeah. there will be a transition period where it will be really fucked up for a while as we transition from like human labor to automation and like massive amounts of people lose jobs. And I think UBI could be one of those things to alleviate the stress of it all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get those I get those arguments. I, I get those points of view. It's just that, you know, I'm what I'm saying is that it's you know, it's a little bit exaggerated and I'm here to present the reasons why. 
you know, you know, uh, the new jobs that I'm talking about, it's not just YouTubers and influencers, you know, there are fields in like data science, da- data mining, this kind of thing, this kind of things. They're becoming more and more essential to the, the, the to every market these days. Uh. So th- there are new avenues and stuff like that popping about. Of course, the concern is that, you know, for the older generation, it becomes harder and harder for them to transition, right? So this is what we call structural unemployment, is that when the economy sort of like changes gears and then you're, you're caught there with a bunch of skills that that's become redundant. Right. Whereas the new new people who are study who are still studying who who haven't begun working yet, they can still work towards those skills. Right. So so yeah, I can see the argument for for those uh, for UBI for those uh, caught in the structural unemployment. But I'm saying that it's not all is not all is doom and gloom. Uh, or the doom and gloom is a little too gloomy for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No man, it's all doom and gloom. <laughs> there is a there is an instance where I can see uh, universal basic income happening. So imagine, right, the human body has something very valuable to contribute to society to justify that free giving of a thousand dollars with little consequence. So let's say, let's say, okay. then your dick doesn't count. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alright, thank you, sir. He's talking about sperm. sperm <laughs> okay, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bear with me. This is my use of imagination. Say, ah, uh, say. Okay, computing power is very important in the world. Okay, in the future, computing power is very important. Somehow or some way, uh, there is a way to connect your brain to the internets. Oh shit, this sounds like some Black Mirror episode, man. <laughs> is, it, is it though? Is it though? Is it though? I, I don't think, know. I, I, I haven't watched the latest season. There's one where you have to cycle to power the... Yes. The ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but not as jialat as that. Okay, I, 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 I know where you're coming from. But it's not as jialat as that. You just... Okay, let's say one day, you spend two... Uh, let's say two to three hours. Let's be realistic. Two to three hours... You jack yourself up to the internet and let it use your brain for cloud computing. It is not a painful process. Probably will not be harmful to your health. Okay, but then you then and then only you will get your universal basic income. This income is available for you and it's not given to you at let's say a demanding price that will harm your health. You gotta fucking work at a factory for nine hours and reduce your quality of living. All you gotta do is jack yourself to a wall, right? For two to three hours, then you can, you know, uh, read a book, whatever, right? And then increase the computing power of the world and get your basic basic income. So if if let's say there's this condition, then will it be tenable? My 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 economic spidey senses are tingling here. (laughs) (laughs) I actually okay, I was actually listening to this podcast by some dude who was kind of affiliated to Facebook. I can't fucking remember his name. But he was kind of talking about the human being as a um mine for info data that is to be sold right like so basically all all your browsing habits and stuff on facebook is tracked and sold to companies and he was saying that 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 is part of where money should come from to pay you like basically because it's from your information that they get money to be paid right kind of you know funny enough i have actually written on this uh, topic so so I read an article where the author was basically saying, I think it was in the Financial Times, he was saying that uh, Facebook should give uh, everyone a basic income because they sell their data. Yeah, 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 yeah. that one, yeah. So I think it's a load of horseshit. <laughs> number one, number one, practically speaking, if you were to give all the profits of uh, Facebook in their last year, I think it was about, uh, to, to all its users, right, each one will only get about five bucks. It's nothing much. Though. Number two, your private data ain't worth shit to people. Right, it's only worth it if you can aggregate, aggregate and filter and bundle. 
right? This this is the sort of misconception that people get is that their private data is very valuable to other people. It's valuable to them, sure. I'm not gonna deny that, okay? That's your, also, your that's also why people are like super paranoid about getting like, you know, their yeah. information hacked. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're just like one one like yeah. needle in the in a haystack. Yeah, yeah. No one cares. It's 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 uh, valuable to them, but it's not valuable to advertisers, you know. To, to know that, oh, your favorite color is blue or your favorite food is chocolate or whatever. Unless you can bundle it up to, to a big mess. A billion as, people love blue chocolate. Yeah, too. yeah. And then, and then advertisers say, okay, now, now here's something. Here, here's information that is valuable. Now we need to make blue chocolate. So, yeah, that's a load of I mean, I don't, I don't, um, <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think that's quite crazy, but I mean, it kind of ties into what Dan was saying about like human beings have, having so, sort of something valuable, I guess. Yeah, but but what what I think what what Dan was suggesting was sort of like a sort of like a something you can intrinsic. use your mind to to, yeah. to, to power up something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I got this idea from the hey, money, hey, yeah. Uh, spend two hours at this marketing site. Look, single mom has made fifty thousand. <laughs> yeah, but what if it was real? What if what if those like fake advertisements actually there, there's something to it? Yeah, the the thing is that you know you you always have to think about what's the catch here, right? The, 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 in this world, there is no such thing as as a free lunch. It's, it's an economic cliche, but there is some proof to it. If you were to, if there were actually just a thing that you can just plug in and 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 you'll get money out of it, you know, I'm sure there's something, there's some catch to it, right? You have to give up something other than you know just plugging your head. Otherwise, you, the people wouldn't give you a thousand dollars. Time lah, time lah, your time lah. The mm. of course, what Danny is trying to suggest, right, is that yeah, you can say let's just plug in our brains to loan computing power. But then there has to be a demand for the computing power to begin with. That I mean, if everybody was to do it right, then it's no longer a valuable resource <coughs> anymore. What makes things valuable, right, is scarcity, right? So if if you if it's so readily available, then plugging in for two hours a day will not get you a thousand dollars. Maybe it get you ten bucks, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? It it. If ev- then what happens to the fellow who's just like fuck it I'm just gonna plug in 24 hours right yeah. solid <laughs> yeah. okay just use it man just fucking use it just give me the money yeah. then do I get more does the system becomes not is fair is it an infinite resource okay if okay then then uh, yes, if, if you were to say that they plug in their brain but they go like completely brain dead for like 2 hours okay maybe I can go with that because there's okay. some there's some consequence to it, you know. Okay, okay, okay actually, okay, we, we can, can work with that. that. We can work with that. We can work with that. Yeah, that makes more sense, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the realist in you is crying out <laughs> for more severe consequence, right? You can't just earn yeah. this for nothing <laughs> no. by just sitting down there with wires in your head. <laughs> but basically, then you're not satisfied, lah. Oh, s- satisfied with what? With what? With, with um, the the concept of UBI and and. All that stuff. Uh, if it's a narrow definition, no, then I, I don't think it's tenable. You have to expand it, you know, like what John is talking about in terms of the, the when, you got to expand it in terms of the, like who it applies to. So let's say, if, okay, uh, what, what Denise said just now, oh, um, UBI, when, you, when, you, when I asked you about your focus for UBI, you specifically said working class. You very specifically said that, mm-hmm. right? So, so then I. Think I he just yeah. wants the poor to stop complaining. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, how I interpret that <laughs> is that you care about the working class in Singapore and the equality of outcome. That's why. Wait, wait, wait. I, Do you yeah. care, Danny? <laughs> He's shaking his head. No, 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 no. To, to, to be clear on the two sentences, right? I, I know I sound like a big asshole there when I say that you know people should stop complaining. But 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 here's here's my my sort of justification. Okay, I've already said that you know the whole impetus behind it is that if you give someone if you give people an amount that will. Uh, be able to for for them to be able to live comfortably. There should be no excuses why they 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 cannot live comfortably now, or why they cannot be pursuing a decent uh, quality of life. So that that's the whole impetus behind it. Okay, they have less reason. 
uh, I would say. <laughs> If I remember, okay, so basically you narrow it down, you narrow it down to people in the working class, people who are, who are having a lot of problems. Okay, that's fine, that's still tenable. So, but then the, nar- the purists will say that, oh, then this will apply to everybody. Then, wow, then, wow. Why must we speak to such a narrow minded definition? It's obvious that moving in that direction is the right step to me, right? But being extremist about it is not going to, it's not going to solve anything. It's not so obvious that it's the right step. It's just a very, it's an obvious step. And I think it's an easy step. But I'm, I'm not convinced it's the right step. Because I think the consequences will just be too dire to bear. It, in a world that is not either fully run by AI and automation, or in a world that is still scarce. So only a post-scarce world and a, and a, and a world run by Skynet will UBI be tenable to me. Alright, yay, yay or nay time. But I, I want to... Maybe ask a few questions. Uh. Okay, can we do yay or nay with caveat? Yeah, yeah. yeah. With a few caveats. Uh. Please, please, please. Go ahead. Um, okay. Yay or nay? UBI what? without conditions. Nay. Yay. Yay. Huh? Without conditions? Without, yeah. Without conditions. So the, the, the UBI purists. Oh, UBI purists. Yay. Nay, yeah, nay. Yay. Nay. Okay. UBI with time limit conditions. Nay. As per the one that I mentioned. Uh, possibly yay. Nay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm the one who suggested. <laughs> no, it's good. It reminds me of SAF credit. Own self check own self Right, you just write it, right? You have to spend your SAF credit in a year. If it doesn't, it disappears. And it should because you don't need the equipment. Why should you buy it if you don't need it? And it leads to waste, does it? I don't know. I use everything that I buy. <laughs> what do you buy? Boots, uniform, uh, fucking black shorts. Or just buy shoes or... Shoes, yeah. yeah. So you get money to buy stuff. Yeah. yeah. I always what? use my SF credit to buy the new balance shoes. Which yeah. are valuable. Yeah, yeah it's fucking what? amazing. Yeah. And useful. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah you probably won't. Oh, I see now. You don't get it because you have a JJ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Of which I bleed out of every month. Then Sorry. 12 years of your life is not worth it for a pair of new balance shoes <laughs> every year, man. <laughs> well said, sir. Well said, well said, well said. No, it's not worth it, but it's a... It's a Good side benefit. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like getting married to the worst woman on earth, but she still gives you a hand job once a year. It, it just makes you hate life <laughs> a little bit less. I don't understand this. Is a hand job so good that you? Would... It, it's not. It's not that it's so good. It's just that it makes but you, you get hate it. it a little bit less. But you get <laughs> it, right? I get the new balance. That's the hand job. <laughs> This is a, this, yeah, this is very, very, very <laughs> for, for the rest of the audience and people who don't know, I actually have a very severe dislike for the army. And we know we should talk about the army in our next episode. Sure. Yeah, about conscription. Yeah, but, but yeah, for, for, for now, okay, do you, have, do you have any more yay or nay? Do you guys have any? UBI with conditions. UBI, but only for poor. Just yeah, welfare. Poor. Yeah, welfare. welfare. Nay. Nay. <laughs> yay? Yay. <laughs> what? What? That's so why, why are you surprised that I'm No, I'm surprised at Dan. Oh. What the fuck, Dan? I thought yeah. you were against the welfare state. He, he's not against No, I'm not against the welfare state. I'm against purist UBI. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me, but okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, I know. Dan, you want to control the poor people. <laughs> what? I can't even control myself. <laughs> you want to control other people? I don't think so. <laughs> you want control over people. I want. I mean, don't we all desire control over other other people? No, no, I don't give a shit about other people. I, the last thing I want, right, is to 
tell other people what to do in yeah. the hopes that they will not tell me what to do. Man, you know there's this villain in uh, uh, Jessica... Jessica uh, Jones. Yeah, 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 that boy. Kilgrave. Yeah, Kilgrave. Kilgrave. Boy, if I had his powers, oh my god. Oh. I'll just be another Kilgrave. Just a non-stop <laughs> rape machine. <laughs> hey, I just raped you. Kill your mom. Shit, that's fucking depressing, man. Then, yeah, it does, it does. Oh, it sorry, is, spoilers. It does, <laughs> it does, it does. Dan has this amazing ability to work his dick into every episode. Yes, yes, <laughs> just yes, so yes, 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 yes. Would you, though, Dan? <laughs> no. What, into, into the episode, or...? You were just telling us uh, before you came uh, yes. that, you know, you, your, dick, your dick is always in our episodes. His mention of your dick is... Yeah, the mention not of... Not your dick, like, you don't plaster your, your dick all over my computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, by the fact that you're next, you're yes, here, your dick mm. is also here, I guess, because yes, it's yes. attached Basically, to you. your co-host, co-host at this point. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Actually, my dick is a special day. It constantly releases pheromones in the air to cause everybody to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. All of you have been tainted. Okay, alright. Okay, okay. And one last year or nay. Alright. Year or nay, UBI with... A dose of dense pheromone, <laughs> thick pheromones. But you get, you get more. You get the amount that you desire. But you must, but you must take a whiff. You must take a. You must take a deep, inhaling whiff of dense thick pheromone in concentrates, really, three I, times I, the normal amounts. I need to. I need to like clarify this. Does this mean that you need to face the actual dick that is attached to no, them? No. So we have we have perfected the technology to extract the. I would essence. only say I would only say oh, yay. Shit. I would only say yay if Dan has to sit naked somewhere twenty four seven while people <laughs> line up to smell his dick, and then that I would say yay too. <laughs> that's a that's a terrible fate, man. How are you wish that upon me? Why not? <laughs> okay, the answer is very clearly me for me because <laughs> I don't want to take a whiff of dense dick pheromones. Three times the normal concentration values. I would do this just to s- just for any know, amount of money. I-, I would do this just to have like Dan sitting sitting in oh a chair God. somewhere forever. All right, Danny, and ever. you're the you're the you're the. Well, what's your decision? <laughs> Sounds like some crazy wacko religion. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you take a whiff of his pheromones, right? Then, then oh, no, I can okay. subliminally okay, so control you in some <laughs> in some shape, way, or form, right? While strapped in. Getting, getting his pheromones extracted. Like, he can just be, like, thinking, I need to pee now, and then suddenly everybody who took a whiff right <laughs> has to pee right now. Awesome. <laughs> he, he cannot tell you precisely what to do. He cannot just tell you, Angie, jump off the building. Like, she'll just say, fuck you, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but if Dan is feeling horny, then Angie will suddenly feel really horny for no reason right, as well. Like, that's, that's, that's the power of his pheromones. But isn't it, imagine, right, if the, the government were to use this like so if you want to increase your population just get Dan horny and then all your people will just start having sex yes, that's, right. that's why that's why they're extracting his pheromones that's precisely why this so, is terrible man I, I think this is great yeah they will do exactly what NG said they will chop off my arms and legs they will, they will take out my eyes and put me like a like no, a torso a dangling torso they can't do that why then you'll just be in pain and everybody will just be no, they'll just, just like put like drugs in me and all then, that. You're, then everybody will be drugged up no I think yeah. I think oh, what, yeah, yeah, what yeah, would yeah. be a more likely scenario is that yeah. you'd be in this palace mm-hmm. served by a very beautiful women okay. and then like every you know couple of hours 
your essence will be extracted. It will just be like a tube that just comes down. Then you just yeah. voluntarily like mm. okay. pull it okay. over your dick and okay. it's quite pleasurable, right. I would say. Okay, okay, for okay. the humiliation. Okay. So, <laughs> so in this say in, in, in this scenario, is Dan actually a victim or is he the one controlling over everyone? Oh. I don't get it. It's difficult to say, but that's not the question. Are you taking a whiff of it? <laughs> In any Danny, case, are you taking a whiff? In any case, I would, <laughs> I would rather you spend all the resources in the world, erect a giant space elevator to take <laughs> to ride up into space, rocket myself into the sun before I have to take a whiff. <laughs> Her parents concentrated his essence for a moment. Okay, okay. <laughs> so only Andy will take a whiff. <laughs> I think that um, you know your your instinctual like homophobic response is is just that. No, I would say that you know like for for regular guys like sniffing another dude's dick is kind of a weird thing to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas like it's what not a big deal. <laughs> wait, hang on, wait. Are you telling me that you on a regular basis sniff some other women's vagina? <laughs> no, I don't lah. But like you know. Yeah, of course it's a weird thing, right? Go and put your nose. Yeah, this this why you said no, right? Like okay. if I were to say that, okay, you have to, you have to like okay, smell if, uh, someone's vagina essence or something. I would still say no, especially if it's yours, Angie. <laughs> I would say yes, like even if it's like some like woman, like weird, strange, dangerous okay, woman. To replace Dan's pheromones with mine, would you smell it? Are you gonna be locked yes. up somewhere? Yes, same conditions. Same conditions, isn't it? I only if like someone has to you you are like forever naked in some cell while people <laughs> line up to smell your dick. Then I would say yes. Who's the, who, who's the one locking them up, though? I don't know the government. <laughs> okay, okay. I cannot. I cannot believe I'm. I'm actually doing this, but I actually am going to do what John did. Guys, let's get back to the topic. <laughs> okay. So now, okay, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. Let's let's open up the vote, the yay and nay sessions to you guys. So, universal basic income. Okay, just universal Wait, basic this isn't income. This about dance for a no, it's not about dance for a Stop it! It's gonna become a meme, guys. Oh my god! Shit, man! What the audience gonna? Well, if they are trolls, I'm kidding. They're trolls in the audience, they're gonna come right out and be nothing but they were talking dance dick. Can this be the cover photo? It's gonna be a very confusing cover photo, though. Okay, audience, please comment. And please don't talk about my dick. Oh, by the way, right? Like, have you guys ever seen, like, a cat dick before? <laughs> yeah, I have. I've only seen cat balls, you know? I've never seen cat dicks. It's very small and it's very red. Oh, and spiny. Okay. Yeah. Is it? Alright. Mm. Yeah. I know because my cat likes to lick it. <laughs> <laughs> like, his. I mean, and he will just be completely shameless about it. He'd just be sitting in the most obscene posture, dig out, lick it, right in full view of everyone, and then if I were to judge him, he would judge right back. Just <laughs> like, why aren't you licking your dick? Because <laughs> you can't, human being. You can't. You can't, right? I guess if, like, you know, you guys could do it, you would totally do it. Maybe when I was like 14, uh, now why? <laughs> Not, I don't even I don't even do sit-ups anymore. You want me to go and bend myself to okay, something? Hey guys, with great great power comes great responsibility. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's the end of the podcast. Bye! End it, end it! Okay, I'm